Welcome, Cyclone fans, to another episode of Down the Pipe and Daddy Light. As always, I'm your host, Levi Stevenson, joined once again by Cole Nett and Marchie Murdoch. How's it going, guys? Real good, real good. I'm doing good, man. How about y'all? Not too bad. Just getting ready to, I'm just, I got, I got David's uh, game on here, the Bears preseason game on the side over here. I haven't seen David yet, come in yet, and I'm going to enjoy a nice yeah, natter days while we record here. Yeah, I'm actually yeah, going to pull it up on my laptop, too, time. and try and stream it, so... Uh... Big night. And then uh, oh, I wanted to. Uh, are the Packers playing tonight? I'm trying to see uh, Allen play. Yeah. Um, That's a good then, question. I know Matt Eaton just got on Tampa Bay. So yeah, the Bucks picked him up. It sounds like he's been playing pretty well at practice. Like he might Wait. get some action in the preseason here. So. Hey, uh, I'm trying to watch the game on the Chicago Bears. Is how did you get it up? Did you have to like? If you go to ChicagoBears.com. I they have, watch. Yeah, they have a they have a link there you can click on for watch live. Um, <laughs> but anyways, where did you where did you see it? It's on the I think it's on the main page. Okay. But anyways, so what we're going to talk about tonight <laughs> is uh, we're going to get into a little bit. We'll talk about some of the some of the I don't know the the rumors I guess we've been hearing coming out of camp and kind of speculate mm-hmm. on that a little bit. We won't get. Probably won't go super long this week because next week we got a couple big time season preview podcasts. So we're splitting it up into two, uh, splitting it up into two episodes actually, uh, and it'll be a combination of us three and uh, the crew from the Wider and Eddie Light cast. Uh, so you'll get two jumbo episodes for the for next week's game pre- season previews. So we'll uh, you'll have to keep an eye out for that. So before we get into kind of our into our camp news, uh, we'll say thank you to Astas Bar and Grill. I'd like to say thank you to one of our excellent sponsors. They sponsored our live show last fall, uh, and we'll continue to sponsor our podcast going forward. It's a Stoss Bar and Grill in Ames. It's a great place right down in Campus Town. It's a great place to uh, go watch a game, have a nice cold beer, or any other kind of drink. They have great food. Stoss is best known for serving up some of the best tacos in, in Ames, but they also have great burgers, cheese balls, wings, and lots of other great stuff. Now, Estas will even deliver food directly to your door any day of the week until 10 p.m. Everyone knows about Taco Tuesday. With all-you-can-eat taco bar from 11 to 3 and $1.17 tacos from 5 to midnight. However, don't forget about lunch deals. All-you-can-eat tacos for $8, $6 cheeseburger baskets, including fries or a salad, $6 quesadillas, $5.50 three tacos, $6 pulled pork baskets, and $6 taco salads. All of these specials go great with one of over our 100 beers or margaritas. These specials run every day from 11 to 3. You can go get good domestic draws. They have specials for basketball games and football games. I actually remember watching Cole's kick at Iowa when he hit that game winner at Estas. Yeah, it's, it's a lucky place. I, I barely remember the I barely remember the kick, but it was a good... It's a good time to watch that game. So if you want to have other great memories just like that, head on down to Estas, get some good food, uh, some great drinks, and uh, and really enjoy your time down there. It's right down there in Campus Town. Uh, so head on down there whenever you get hungry for some tacos. So let's uh, let's dig into some of the stuff we're hearing coming out of camp. Now, March, I understand that you have been uh, in contact and you have some sources um, mm-hmm. about some of the news coming out of camp. So let's, let's – we'll kind of go – one by one here. I know you've got a few different things that you've heard. Um, yeah, so I uh, talked to my source today. Um, here's the updates. I pretty much asked, how how are we looking? 
um, on offense pretty much. Um, I, I didn't get any defensive feedback, so this is strictly offense. So how are we looking? Um, the person said, uh, we're looking like we're going to run it down people's throats. Um, so sounding like the offensive line is doing pretty good. The running backs are, are doing well. That's particularly um, encouraging to me since that's a, right. that's a position with a lot mm-hmm. of new guys. And you would think having you know Brock Purdy back and having lots of good weapons and the receivers mm-hmm. and the tight ends – to right. to hear that, I mean, specifically at that quote that they we're going to run it down their throats. That is extraordinarily mm-hmm. encouraging to me because, like, that's not think, that's not something that Iowa State has tried to do for a long time, and right. that tells me that they have supreme confidence in their line and the running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, you know that obviously that's huge um, for us because obviously we can run the football, but we've we've kind of struggled with when we need to run the football and we have to, you know, run the football, get first downs, kind of control the clock or maybe yeah, when they're starting to stack the box. Areas. Yeah. We've kind of struggled a little bit in that area. So that could be huge with just scoring more points, um, helping out our defense um, as far as field goals and, and, you know, just helping our defense. Cause obviously we don't want them to be on the field for too long um, each game. Cause offenses are already, you know, uh, great in the you know the Big Twelve, so right. that's that running the football is is actually huge. I feel like um, at least especially this year because there's going to be teams that can really pull up put up some points. So um, you know we're really going to have to be be ready for that. Um, another update, or I can ask some questions. So I'm a receiver. So obviously, when I hear we're going to be running the ball down people's throats <laughs> i kind of was concerned because i'm That's thinking fair. well if you run the ball if we're going to run it down people's throats well what about the receivers you know and so right um got good feedback so i mean, i was like you know oh man my receivers aren't looking good they said he said no um they're looking good they really like the new juco kid darren wilson um darren wilson um they really like what he's been bringing to the table they like the young freshman um that have have came in this year um they're showing you know improvement every day and and you know they're looking to make a, a impact as well um and then I'll, i asked about um guys that i play with Deshantae, um Jalen martin um and joe or i know joe skates personally while i was up there recently um he said, you know, Deshante uh, looks as good as I've ever seen him. He's awesome, completely different receiver. Landon has been amazing, too, and Joe's done a really good job. And, uh, and he said that Jalen's been been good, too. So that was really encouraging, especially from this person. He wouldn't sugarcoat anything um, right. with me. So I said, you know, this year um, – so when you, th- you know, when, him, when he said when he says that Deshante Jones is a different receiver, what does that mean to you? Um, to me, it's saying that we all know Deshante what he can do with the ball, but right. I think, uh, you know, so we get him in different ways as far as bubbles and short routes because we know he's so dynamic with the football. Yeah, but what I think Deshante. Uh, could have could have really improved on um and i think it's i mean he played quarterback so you can't expect a quarterback to just get thrown in at receiver and be natural at it 
Um, right. At least, you know, I mean, he's natural with the ball in his hands. Right. We all know that. But as far as route running and creating leverage and space, that kind of, you know, that stuff takes time. Not a lot of guys can just get thrown out there right. and be and be ready for that. So, There's a lot of polishing that's um, going to happen there. There's a lot of polishing. He's got to learn how to read and react with, as a receiver. Um, has to learn how to get off, you know, press and, and just different things like that. So. Um, now, does, does Matt Campbell's offense use a lot of, like, option routes for receivers? Yes. Or, yeah, it depends on – I think the inside receiver kind of does a little more option routes. Yeah. Uh, but with DeShante, you know, what they – I feel like what they really want him to work on was just more, um, more like, actual route running, like being a technician as far as a route right. runner. Um, using his leverage because, like I said, we know what he can do with the ball in his hands. He's he's crazy good with the ball in his hands. He's one of the best players I've ever seen with the ball in his hands as far as just making people miss. And yeah. it's kind of crazy because him and David was in the same, you know, from the same city, same area. So yeah. it just kind of makes you think like, you know. Well, and Shante came from it. Shante came from a big time high school program. Colerain, right, that's a right. that's a real that's a that's like a really big time program in Ohio. Right. But um, so yeah, that I think that's what he meant by a completely different receiver and just you know making more plays. I felt like obviously Deshante, um, as far as opportunities, he's probably never gotten like crazy opportunities um, when it comes to you know, being the guy. And I, I think he could be that guy on the inside for sure. Him and, you know, if wherever they want to put Tariq, um, Tariq's been doing outstanding as well. The whole group, from what I'm hearing, the whole group is playing really well. And so it's looking like, um, which is more encouraging to me, I would rather hear the whole group's doing well. Than certain um, guys. Because one thing about Iowa State these past couple years, and I think it happens really when we play the bigger schools. Maybe we we haven't had. I mean, when when I played, um, we had like two, three, four, five, where it was kind of like, you know. We have to. We can't just put all our eyes on Alan Lazard. We have to figure out how to, you know, contain everybody. Right. And so, um, I think last year it was kind of a. It kind of progressed. It was more, hey, eight, 18's getting the football. He has to get the football. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm. And even on third downs, it's like 18's getting the football. Hakeem's getting the ball. Um, and that, that's just how it's got to be. Um, but with a group, it's harder to game plan. Right. I'm guessing who, who who's getting the football. Like we can, you can move Deshante around. Right. But if you know that the two outside guys can get open, you really could just call a play. And, and that helps, especially later on in the year. Cause you know who your guy's going to be. Right. Especially in the middle of the year. We like, for us, we don't really know who that guy is going to be right now. Well, and I think part um, of it is like last year because Brock came in and he's just a freshman. They had to really limit the playbook right. for him. And I mean, right. I mean, in the end, when you have a guy like Hakeem Butler, where you can throw it thirty yards downfield, and you just got to get within like ten yards of him, and he'll probably come mm-hmm. down with it. 
you know, that's yeah, that's a big time bailout option too. Just if you need some place to go with it, you can just chuck it to Hakeem. So, I think right. I would say I would. I mean, there, there was probably some necessity involved there, just because the playbook was somewhat limited and you didn't necessarily have like any dominant receiving threats outside of Hakeem. That, mm-hmm. I, but I would. I guess I would argue, anyways, that going you know Hakeem having such a huge portion of the targets was mainly just a, a product of, like I said of the limited playbook and the fact that he's just he's Hakeem you know he's just just like right. Julio Jones eats up enormous amounts of targets for the Falcons or you know mm-hmm. or you know or Odell with the Giants or whatever where they they both had right. some other good receivers but they're just they just are who they are so they're just gonna mm-hmm. eat targets um, but with that with that being said though against teams like the good teams, you have to have multiple targets. Right. And you have to use them. Yeah, for so sure. So I think with with that being said, um, especially later on in the year, people game plan heavy. Right. On, especially if you're oriented around one, mainly one guy. Um, we could both say last year it was pretty much Keem and then everybody else made a couple plays, but it was pretty much Keem's world, like everybody – knew that Keem was getting the football, even on third downs, like, hey, Keem's getting the football. So it's like you've got a you've got a game plan for that and it's easier to game plan. It'll be harder to game plan if the ball's getting spread out. Obviously there'll be an alpha male, but like, you know, let's we could pick any receiver. He's the alpha male of the group. Obviously we're trying to get him the football. But then again, we wouldn't be in bad shape if Tariq's open or Shante or let's use Landon right here or Darren Wilson or we got, you know, Joe Skates. I mean, it's looking right. like we have a variety of group people. Plus, with that being said, you never know how the injuries can pan out if you have a whole group. Right. You know, you know, early in the season, later on in the season, it could you know, it, you wouldn't, there would be no drop off. Like, oh, well, it's his turn, you know, yeah. it's his turn to, you know, get his, his shine on. And so that's what I feel like is different with this year. The, well, the nice like thing too is years, if yeah. Allen or Hakeem um, gets hurt, <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. The nice Where, thing about not having that alpha guy is that, is that now the de- now the defense has to kind of scheme for everybody instead of being able to say if we take away Alan Lazard or if we take away Hakeem Butler, then mm-hmm. or try to slow him down. If you slow him down, then that that hampers their offense quite a bit. Whereas right. now you don't necessarily have the one guy that you're like that's the dude we need to stop, um, and then you know, we can figure it out from there. Now it's you know now the targets are going all over the place. Now it's five, six receivers, seven receivers getting targets in a game, and plus a couple tight ends and a, and a couple running backs, things like right. that. There's just a lot more targets to cover. Yeah, I agree, and it's just, I'm encouraged with that. I kind of wanted to see how the receivers are doing. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, we all know when the game time starts, um, the lights come on. Obviously, it's different than practice, but for right now, especially with a veteran defense, I'm encouraged. Especially with just one week of practice, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got receivers so. are coming along pretty good. Uh, Deshante Jones, um, Tariq Milton, I guess any others that – and you said Joe Skates and Jalen Martin. 
Um, I know we've heard before Landon Akers has been showing out pretty well at the M spot since they moved him inside, which I always thought, yeah. I always thought that seemed like a natural position for him. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's like I said, Landon, um, he's fast, man. So he, he, he reminds me, you won't remember Josh lens, but he was yeah, here. That's exactly who I was going to say. Yeah, Josh lens is like one of the most athletic people I've ever seen in my life. He played high school over mm-hmm. in my area in Dubuque. I remember going to a high school oh, wow. game of his one time, and just the gap between Josh Lenz and the rest <laughs> of the people on the field was just absurd. And then, you mm-hmm. know, then like Trevor Ryan followed up, followed him a couple years later. Um, yep. and now you got Landon Akers. We kind of, we've, we sort of got now a little bit of a tradition of kind of the really, really quick slot guys and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff and like I that. And I think with Landon, too, he's, he's a big speed guy, so you could put him in the slot against a linebacker. And man, that, yeah. that that creates problems um, for that linebacker. So yeah, or even a safety. You know, get yeah. him a post with the safety. So um, have you heard yeah, anything I mean, about uh, Lamichael Petway? I have. Uh, basically, he's doing good. He's just you know he just got to get uh, back into shape. I mean, which is understandable. I was in that same kind of deal my first year at Iowa State. Um coming from is I'm it now sure is it like a tempo I'm pretty thing? Pretty sure he was there. I'm pretty sure he got there in the summer. Yeah. I just think you know, when you play foot the only like summer training is great. It gets you kind of ready for football. But to get in shape, man, you gotta be playing mm-hmm. football. Um yeah. it's that's the only way to be in shape, shape. For sure. You have to play football a lot, and it's been a while. He didn't have a spring, yeah. So it's almost it's been almost you know a year since he's played football. So you know it's it's just pretty natural that um, for him to you know not have that same type of um, condition as the other guys have that have been through a spring, and and on top of that, they had summer too. So, uh, but he's doing what he's doing pretty good. Um, just got to get him up to speed as far as conditioning wise, which football is the only way that you can condition, um, especially if you played this game. So, yeah. So I think he'll be fine. I'm, I'm encouraged by what I'm hearing from hearing, uh, from people about him. Uh, yeah, I'm hearing good things really about the whole receiver group. Um, like I said, they they've been they've been doing really well. So um, yeah. hopefully they keep it up. Now today with Mark, just basically one week of practice. Right. Um, I know they have a scrimmage Saturday. Um. So I'll you know ask in on you know how the scrimmage went and things like that. Um. So yeah. Well, and and I think you know, and Iowa State doesn't run like a super high tempo offense or anything like that. But do you think there's an adjustment there for because you know, in general, the Big Twelve plays a little bit faster than a lot of other conferences do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be like, uh, in my opinion, um, suppose for receiver, it may not like, be as big a deal. <clears throat> I think just for the offense, we're kind of a situational type of offense, right? For like, sure. If we get a if we get a quick first down, we're gonna speed it up. Yeah, yeah, we're not all tempo all the time, but but mm-hmm. I think the difference will be this year is can we slow the game down when we need to? Right. Um, and what I mean by that is, all right, we're up 
10 uh, with eight minutes left. Or up, up 10 with, a, uh, with 10 minutes left. We need to run some clock. So can we run the football and we get first downs as well? Right. That's the key. Uh, because, you know, passing the ball, it, it's cool, but we've lost games like that. Um, I know people mm-hmm. remember the Iowa game two years ago. We're up 10. The defense gets a stop. All right, we get the ball back, but we can't run the football, and it's a quick three and out, and they get the ball back. They score, and then, it you know, it's a ball game. Whereas if we could get a couple first downs, cut it to about four minutes left, three minutes left, or, heck, we can just run the football and win the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's the difference from the good teams and the great teams. And I think we've been – We've been okay at that, but when we really needed it the most, especially against good teams, we haven't been able to do it. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'm glad to hear that there's encouraging news coming both on the fronts of the running game and the passing game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, I mean, really the two, the two position groups that, you know, of the largest concern, I suppose. I guess, uh, Cole, do you, I guess, is there, I guess, do you have any other thoughts on that? I guess, I, like I said, I'm I'm very encouraged by both of all of that news. No, I I would completely agree with you as far as encouragement goes. Uh, nothing but excitement, really, over here. Um, I did see an article not too long ago about Joe Rivera. Maybe oh yes, in as a punter, wise, um, and not that other guy they picked up. So that'll be interesting yeah. for me to. Uh, to see uh, I, I haven't heard anything but uh, i'd like to see how that goes because i know in the past when i've been competing for a spot i know it usually comes down to about the last day of camp or the day before the game when they make a decision so right it looks like that'll probably be a battle throughout the end um well, i know both. joe rivera uh, got a couple punts in the drake game and yeah and he mm-hmm. averaged i think he averaged yeah. like 49 yards or something like that so mm-hmm. he punted well and in his two opportunities in the drake game i know he he had a couple good kicks right yeah so so that's, that's encouraging, encouraging especially especially yep. in, in a in a game like that where it was cold and wet and just like right. the worst possible conditions to punt in. his punting for sure you're, you're punting against a t- you're against an fc a non-scholarship fcs team when it's cold and rainy right. in a game that doesn't right. really matter yep and he, that sounds fun yeah yeah, it sounds awesome. I bet that ball was hard as a rock. I bet it was. That would, I bet it was terrible. That would hurt. I bet it, it was slippery, probably slippery too. You got any you know do you have any inside sources left in the program, Cole? Like can you get us some dish? I don't. On? They're out. Everybody's gone. Oh man. I've no uh it's been almost four years now. You're not even like what about and, like what about like Steven Wartell? Yep. I yeah. Yeah. I guess that would be – is he senior? Would he be senior yeah. this year? He's oh, a senior. God. There's a lot of people that think be... he's going to get drafted. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Because he's, like, um, he's like far and away the best long snapper in the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, but, yeah, that would be that would be the, the final class I know is his class. So I might have – I'd probably have a couple seniors in there. There you go. I'll have to I'll have to. Maybe we can get some inside dish on the, on the special teams next week. Got it. That'd be that'd be fantastic. That'd be premium content. Yeah, so we might have to charge for that, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, we'll, we're going to keep this episode short this week. You guys, getting any 
any uh, final thoughts here on on our on our camp news or before we head into the season preview pods next week? Just excited. That's it. March, you got anything? Uh, nah. Just can't wait. To, the scrimmage. I have the info from the scrimmage and stuff on who did well um, and stuff. So they do that tomorrow. They post or Saturday. They do it Saturday. Okay. There we go. So we'll have maybe we have some more news out of the scrimmage next week. Sweet. So. So I think we'll uh, wrap her up for this week. So for uh, Marchie and Cole, I'm Levi Stevenson, as always, uh, want to thank everybody for listening down the pipe and Natty Light. Be sure to check out our season preview pods next week. Everybody have a great weekend. Go Cyclones. <laughs>